the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along. Wednesday edition, earlier this afternoon, 1230-ish or so, for one brief and shining moment of about 15 seconds, the sun made an appearance. What? It did. I was there. I raised out praise. Mm Mm-hmm. And then it disappeared. And that was it. And then I fell into despair. <laughs> I came... Seriously, I need another lamp in my office. It's a little dark so, in there. It's so dark in there. Mm-hmm. I can't get over how dark it is in mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I went to the uh, the basement and uh, found that aforementioned light. I didn't bring it up. Oh, you mean the light box? Mm-hmm. It's gigantic. Seriously. It's about the size of that TV set. You should just get rid of it. It's too big. Uh, it's yeah. too big. Yeah, it's time to get rid what of it. What am I going to do with it? Put it out with the trash? Yeah. That's an ecological disaster. Then all of a sudden I feel guilty about that. Well, it's, it's but it's thing. better to keep it in your basement because that's not an ecological disaster. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, because I was all hot, like, hey, I want to go out there and sit in front of the light box thing and be like all chipper. I'm just going to carry on like this. <laughs> this morning I was so down about it, I had granola. Oh, what? That, that's like a pick-me-up? Mm-hmm. Granola's a pick-me-up? Mm-hmm. That's sad. Really? Is that sad? Granola's a pick If I, I'd like to have some, you know, Fritos and dip. Well, that's a pick me up. Okay. Well, that's a good point. Okay, so the okay. granola is a better choice. Yeah, some M and M's. It's still got a lot of sugar in it, but it's so delicious. Mm. You like granola? No, not really. I mean, I wouldn't go my way. Lex, you like granola? I'm indifferent. There we go. Indifferent. Yeah. Uh, indifferent. I could go either way. I won't go out of my way to eat it, but if it's there, it's there. I think it's a headline. Lexi, our new producer, indifferent about Listen, granola. Listen, let me say this. There's a headline right Listen, there. <laughs> I feel like it's a really good snack. Really? Like you put it in a bowl and you just kind of Interesting. nosh on it. I do. They have a bowl of peanut M&M's. Well, Lex, so how do you feel I. about that? <laughs> no, I do love exactly. you some peanut M&M's. Of course. Lexi, not indifferent. No, peanut, peanut M&M's. M&M's. See, there you go. Because they're delicious. Like, yeah. I mean, okay, granola. That's fine. What was you know the guy's what I had, name? Last night before I went to bed, I had peanut butter and banana because we were talking about it yesterday mm, on National that? Peanut Butter Day. Very nice. I did. I, I went for crunchy. Right before you went to bed? Pretty close. Like an hour? Yeah. Half an hour? No. No, an hour and a half. Something kind of heavy in your stomach. I, you know what? Isn't it's it? a horrible. It's a horrible pattern. Did you dream I'm about in. Elvis? <laughs> I didn't dream I about Elvis. I think you would, right? But I just, I don't eat very much during the day. And so at night, mm, I like. Yeah, that's how I am. It's really bad. I'm going to chow. It's really bad. I know. Seriously. I got it. I have to switch that around, John. But I don't really, I don't want to like have a big meal or I don't want to eat much at 10 a.m. I just don't right. want to. Wouldn't it be nice though if you like had like a hearty breakfast, you know, like a waffle with strawberries and syrup for breakfast? That'd be kind of, people do that. I would do. You think I should do that? Well, I'm not. I'm not telling you what and when to eat. It's a a little micromanage. Hey, Kath. It's a little micromanaging your life. I'm just saying. 
mean, I wasn't giving you license to right. pronounce my eating I'm time. Gonna I'm going to call you. I'm asking eight, for your opinion. 8.30, I'm going to call you. Hey, get that batter up. Let's go. Anyway. That's so funny. All right. Waiting for the sun to shine and yeah, some waffles. Keep waiting. All right. Well, without further ado, let's take a look at the uh, news stories today. Kath, give us the top four at four. For Wednesday, January 25th, mm. 2023. A month ago was Christmas Day? Yes, it was. Pip. Just saying. <laughs> Number one. The Justice Department announced two Florida residents have been indicted for allegedly vandalizing at least three pro-life pregnancy centers in Florida, spray-painting threats like, quote, if abortions aren't safe, then neither are you, including also, we're coming for you and your time is up on the sides of buildings. Yikes. If convicted of the charges, which also included violations of the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act... Each defendant could face a maximum of 12 years in prison and fines up to $350,000. A number of crisis pregnancy centers around the country face threats or violent attacks in the months leading up to and following last year's Dobbs decision. That's from today's dispatch. Number two, Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida pledged to take urgent steps, John, to tackle the country's declining birth rate, saying it was now or never for one of the world's oldest societies. In recent years, Japan has been trying to encourage its people to have more children with promises of cash bonuses, better benefits, but it's still one of the most expensive places in the world to raise a child. Mm. Births plunged to a new record low last year, though, according to official estimates, dropping below 800,000 for the very first time, a watershed moment that came eight years earlier than the government expected that most likely precipitated a further population decline in a country where the median age is 49 Mm. that's the highest in the world really behind only monaco the highest i mean that's really incredible our nation he said quote is on the cusp of whether it can maintain its societal functions holy smokes that's from reuters today when i hear that I, i think get your hands out of your pocket Exactly. Right. right, exactly. The Japanese Prime Minister. Right, the poor, right, the poor guy. He, what was his um, function? He was, he was some an aide aid. to the Prime Minister. Right. Yeah, okay, yeah. and he was standing with his hands in his pockets, and that was he it. He was shamed by his mother and the rest of the country. It bothers me, though, that they that the article seems to indicate that the reason that people aren't having kids in Japan is because it's expensive. I'm sure that's part of the reason. Yep. But there are many more reasons that go into it than just that. So. When you try to put a monetary value on raising a child, does that hack you off? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. You're not going to do it like, you know, to save money. Oh, yeah. Or to build a nest egg. Number three. Seems like nobody knows what the word classified means. Uh-oh. Because former VP Mike Pence had to turn over to the FBI for review some more classified documents that was found in a search at Pence's home in Indiana last week. Mm. Now, the search was done proactively. And in the wake of news that classified documents from before he was president were found in Biden's home, these documents found at Pence's home are undergoing a review by the Department of Justice's National Security Division. Honestly? Yep. Goes back. Goes back to the Carter administration. Jimmy Carter's (laughs) lusted in his heart for classified documents. Right. Maybe like Teddy Roosevelt was like carrying classified documents on his horse (laughs) as he was going through the national park. Someone's lining their kitty litter box. And number four. Taylor Swift may not have snagged an Oscar for best ori- no, no, Oscar nomination for best original song yesterday, but Ms. Swift did receive a much stranger form of cultural recognition when a bunch of senators were quoting her lyrics into the official record 
yesterday. That's scary. It was embarrassing, and that's your top four <laughs> at four. Okay, so this Did is the... Did you see this? Yeah. <laughs> this is the Ticketmaster ripoff right. debacle. Yes. Right? Yeah. So in November, uh, Taylor Swift fans verified their identities on Ticketmaster, selected dates to the tour, mm-hmm. only to find themselves in these incredibly long digital lines. The web pages were glitching. The prices were going up. There were all sorts of fees. And then Ticketmaster paused the sale and then everyone got even more hacked off. And so now, and I'm happy to see that Congress is actually taking this up because the Ticketmaster thing is out of control. However, all the senators quoting Taylor Swift lyrics was That's so cringy. Right. Did, I mean, did you watch the video? I did. Yeah. Don't, didn't it make you want to crawl Why do they, do, why did they have to do that? It's just I mean, seriously? humiliation. Yeah. Are you a Taylor Swift fan, Lex? Oh, I most definitely. Oh, hey, okay. okay. Did you see this little clip of the senators? I have not. Lyric? Well, it's if if it's cringy for me, it's mm. going to be way Time's cringier time. for you. Oh, I can't wait. I'm sending it to you. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Taylor Swift. Okay. So hopefully they're going to do something about Ticketmaster. They're not going to do anything. Line. You know that. T- Ticketmaster's lobby is on the hill. Ticketmaster was was founded in seventy six, nineteen seventy six, to tell to sell ticketing system hardware. They had cornered eighty percent of the entire ticketing market by 2010. Wow. I mean, doesn't it hack you it's off? 13 years You go ago. buy a concert ticket and all of a sudden you're paying like $25 in fees. Yeah, I mean, or, me off. or $40 yeah. in fees. The heck? It's, it's outrageous. There's no sun, oh. <laughs> bad snacks, Wait. and now we're upset about Ticketmaster. And Zach Bryan, country singer, recently dropped an album titled All My Homies Hate Ticketmaster. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to the dispatch for that nice. story. 101.5 WORD. Plan now to join Word FM aboard the Gateway Clipper. It's our Valentine dinner cruise, Friday, February 10th. A special night out for sweethearts, couples, and friends. Enjoy a delicious dinner buffet in the romantic warmth of the Gateway Clippers Empress as you take in spectacular views of the city skyline. Boarding time is 6 p.m. Book now at wordfm.com. Sponsored in part by Trinity Jewelers and Cornerstone Television. Attention, this is a special alert for all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an overpriced auto warranty or no warranty coverage at all. Due to the increase of new and used car prices, repair costs, and the price of gas, people are keeping their cars longer than ever, which is why CarShield is announcing a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on covered auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can save thousands for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. You could save thousands on future auto repairs. Our specialists are standing by for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-279-7495. Vehicle protection plan pricing is at an all-time low. Plus, drivers who purchase this coverage today will receive rental car options, free roadside assistance, and free towing. Call 800-279-7495 now for your free quick quote. That's 800-279-7495. What do you have to lose? Call 800-279-7495. Again, 800-279-7495. Rayma Christian School is a private school in Moon Township serving children in preschool through 8th grade. Recognized for its commitment to a biblically integrated curriculum that nurtures a Christian worldview and academic excellence, Rayma aims to develop the whole child, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and socially. Rayma is a true community of families who desire to raise up the next generation of godly leaders, also offering programs for homeschooling.
school families. Accepting enrollment now for the current school year and opening soon for the 2023-24 school year. Visit RamaChristianSchool.org. You're smart, you're busy, and don't have time to waste on the mainstream media cycle. Salem News Channel breaks that cycle. Topics that matter from hosts worth watching. Dinesh D'Souza, Andrew Wilkow, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. Salem News Channel, not like the other guys. Watch anytime on any screen, free, 24-7. Find everything you need to know at snc.tv. That's snc.tv. Bachman's Roofing and Solar is your local award-winning roofer. Stop waiting. It's time to inspect your roof and protect your home's number one asset. With no interest and no payment financing for 12 months, Bachman's Roofing is your easy choice for roofing, gutters, and solar. Did you know Bachman's Roofing is one of the number one GAF solar integrated roofing installers in the USA? Go with Bachman's. Go with solar and install the roof that pays for itself. Call 412-744-8390 or visit bachmansroofing.com. Are the problems of today hearkening back to a different time in our lives, and we can see those solutions perhaps from a different time, a different era? Or are things the worst now they've ever been? Mm. Reverend Josh Brown is with us from Belfield Presbyterian Church in the Oakland neighborhood here in the city of Pittsburgh. And Josh, uh, looking at the world or theological problems, there's a solution by looking backwards, isn't there? There's certainly help. Um, maybe maybe a solution isn't always quite a, as definitive as we're looking for, but there's a lot of wisdom and a lot of guidance, that's for sure. Excellent. That's good. Okay. So, Josh, what do you think? I mean, there are certainly a, a line of thinking that says things are the worst now that they've ever been. Uh, they're going to continue to get worse. And so, you know, the past can't really teach us a whole lot because it's we're just kind of, you know, circling the drain. Yeah, you do hear that. I mean, you hear both of those. And, and this is one of those cases where the extremes both probably overstate things. I mean, if we think that this is the worst things that have ever been, whether in our own society or just the world at large, uh, on a certain level that I think downplays some really horrible times that people have gone through in other times. It depends as if those weren't bad somehow or uh, they're, they're not bad because they're not happening to us. And so I think that misses it a little bit. Uh, on the other hand, if we think that, um, you know, this is like, there, there's nothing that we can all glean from the past. I think again, I think that misses it too. There, there, there is something different about what what you know anybody is facing in a given context. There are things that are some specific uh, aspects of that that are going to be unique. But you can certainly take wisdom that people have gleaned in other generations and figure out what that means for your specific context. So I guess I'm saying it, it's not they're not the same. You can't just say well it's exactly the same. But it's also I think overstating it to say that. We're facing or thinking through things that no one has ever thought through before. Fabulous. Okay, so Josh, Belfield Presbyterian Church is part of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church, the EPC. And of course, there are many people in this country and around the world who are Protestants. So you're looking at uh, Presbyterian Protestant perspectives of controversies, and you're saying by by looking at those debates, of course, they're still going to be with us, but by looking back, you can solve some of those debates, yeah? Yeah. I think so, yeah, and that's the, what you're referencing is a, a class that we're one of the uh, Sunday school classes that we're offering right now. We always try to offer a number of different ones, and, and for the adults, uh, this is one that we're doing this particular semester, and that is the framework that we're trying to use to say, okay, there are, there are some things that are clearly uh, points of disagreement and dissension and controversy within the church right now. 
are, were there times that the church has gone through something similar that perhaps we can look at it? And, and it wasn't always done well. So some of them are looking back and saying, okay, let's not do that again. That's clearly not the way to handle it. Uh, but other times it's, uh, no, that, that seems to be helpful, and that could be wise for us. And so trying to identify some of the, some of the dynamics that are underneath there, maybe if you, if you kind of strip things down as much as you can to say, what, what were they really debating in this particular time? What was the controversy? Is there something that we can pull from that? Uh, so, for example, we, we, the way that we're just trying to approach this is offer up, you know, four kind of rough case studies. And we're going to, each of the months of their, our spring semester with that class, we're going to try to look at one of those. And one of the ones that we're doing right now, we're exploring this month, is some of the debates and controversies that were happening around the time of the Great Awakening in the, you know, latter half of the mid, the latter half of the 1700s here uh, in the colonies at that point. And if you really kind of boil it down to the heart of it, the, the heart of the debates were you had some group of people who said, hey, the way, to, the way to foster real, genuine spiritual revival is you've got to engage the heart, and you have to get people all just emotionally invested in this, and you have to really get them kind of stirred up in a way and get them to see, get them to really engage at the heart level for this. And I'm, I realize I'm oversimplifying here a little bit. But then there are others who said, well, that's fine, but all you're doing is really getting people worked up into a frenzy, and they don't know what they're supposed to believe. They don't know anything about the Bible. They haven't learned anything about Jesus. So you need to make sure that you're teaching them correctly. And again, I'm simplifying it there a little bit. Yeah. But if you look at it that way, you say, well, all right, and that we still see that. There, there are still questions that people have of how do you really engage or, or hopefully uh, – promote some kind of spiritual revival? Do you, do, is it about making sure that you're teaching things as precisely as you possibly can? Or is it getting people real kind of emotionally stirred up and then setting them loose? Or maybe it's a little bit of both. And so you see how there are similarities to things that we're still trying to sort through. Sure. So you could look at maybe the Pentecostal tradition in America mm -hmm. and the Presbyterian tradition in America. Sure. Yeah, you could see, fair... And you could see, well, you know, maybe, you, you know, the Pentecostal side would lean toward experiential um, yeah. uh, experiential moments uh, with the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Presbyterian tradition would lean toward education and knowledge um, as a way to further a relationship with God. Um, and of course, that is a gross oversimplification too. It is, but that, yeah. but that would just be something that maybe a listener could could understand. Maybe that they've seen in their own life or family. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you're right. That, that's more of a caricature than anything. I think for both of those traditions, in their best moments, they really do have things. Uh, real, they're really engaging both of those things together. Um, but you're right. You can you can kind of see that. All right. If this is a, a very simplified version of it. So so in that particular instance, it's OK. Well, how did the church navigate some of that? And, you know, did people were people able to, to come to some sort of understanding of how maybe you can try to approach both of those things together, or are these just irreconcilable differences, or, or, or what do you do with something like that? Mm -hmm. um, so that was just one example. Another one we're going to look at a little bit later, uh, there was a time then, a little while after that, in the earlier part of the 1800s, when there were several different denominations who were having these really serious debates about um, should you, the way that you do missions, basically. When you're, when you're sending people out as missionaries, when you, when you as a church or as a denomination are sending out missionaries, is your primary task to ask them to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, or is their primary task to go first to meet people's physical needs and then mm -hmm. use that as an opportunity to build a relationship? And there were significant debates about this. Denominations had some splits over this. And that, we, we recognize that. That's still a debate people have. What is the yeah. point 
of missionary? What should missionaries be doing? So you start to see that, yes, there are some things that are, are new or newer about some of the controversies and debates that we're having, but at the heart of them, not a whole lot has changed, actually. Yeah, so we're having a lot of the same debates that we've had over the years. But tell us, Josh, what what role you think culture plays in that? You know, like, yeah, like the church doesn't exist in, you know, in exclusion. And so I wonder where, yeah, how, how much do you think that cultural trends play into that? Um, a lot. They really do. And, and you can see that. Uh, as, I mean, if, you, if you're looking at church history, it isn't something that exists in a vacuum, uh, is, is I think what you're getting at there, Kathy. Yep. So some of the times that these things were playing themselves out was because of other uh, factors that were going on in the society and the culture around them. Um, again, just you know, looking at, at some things that were tracking through the through the 1800s in, um, in in the in the country here, there was a time where a lot of denominations split into a northern and southern branch along the very same mm-hmm. lines that the country split into yeah. a northern and southern branch, and for the very same reasons in most cases, in many cases. So you, you do see, like, all right, it's not this doesn't happen totally divorced from any of that stuff. The the things that are going on in at that time, the the debates that were going on in the political world and in, in the social world at that time were certainly happening uh, on a similar level in the church. And we recognize that also. Mm-hmm. Some things are negotiable as far as the culture. Other things are non-negotiable. How, how do you navigate that, Josh, yeah. right? I mean, and still be relevant in society today. Of course, you know, everybody knows that people are lose, leaving the church in droves. So you want to be true to the to the theology and the history and the biblical uh, overlay of the church. At the same time, you also have to kind of worry about the diminishing numbers. Yeah, you do, and and that is that is the question. Um, and the reason that we're trying to engage or at least look at some examples like this is, as I said at the very beginning, not not because we not because I'm going to suggest to you at the end some definitive, irrefutable solution, but to say there there's there's some wisdom that's tucked away in all of these things, and some of the wisdom comes from looking at times that it was done poorly. Um, so if you see times when debates that were happening led to enormous splits or people leaving the church or people just walking away from stuff. I think it's it's necessary to acknowledge, right, that there's a reason that happened and that was not done well mm-hmm. um, and for whatever reason. And, and we need to to be able to recognize that. Um, but that is the question, John, right? And, and this is something that I know a lot of churches uh, wrestle deeply with, a lot of pastors wrestle deeply with. Um, you look at things where Paul talks about, you know, people will say, well, Paul said I became all things to all people, and sometimes they'll take that to mean he just he just kind of went along with whatever was happening around him. You say, well, it, it, can't, it can't mean that. It can't go that far, because he was also crystal clear on who Jesus is and what it means to um, be a sinner in need of a Savior. So he also had areas where he just he did not budge. Um, so how, how do you kind of figure out how to have both of those things mm-hmm. there? A, a willingness to, a willingness to um, be able to respond well in a particular context without forfeiting mm-hmm. uh, the, thing that, the thing that you hold most dear. Yeah. Yeah. And still be relevant to those who are interested in one form or another. Sure, yeah, that, that is it. Um, and, and, and still pursuing truth at the same time. Yikes. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. These these are the big these are the big questions that are there. Um, I, I think you know there is there's a lot that you can see when you when you read through the New Testament. I mean, I think you see again it's very different context of uh, different setting, but you see some of those same questions being played out. Um, you look at a couple of passages, maybe in like Romans 14, for example, or 1 Corinthians 8. 
Paul is wrestling with the those kinds of questions of okay, what does it mean to live as a Christian in this particular context, and what what behaviors in particular can can you just say, you know what, okay, that's fine, we have a difference on that, or what opinions can we say that's fine, we have a difference on that, and what ones do you just have to say no, this this is a part of the Christian faith, um, and so he, he's wrestling with that again. It, you see the. The underlying kind of challenge hasn't really changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the specifics of it vary, and they develop, and they come. Um, some get they get worse sometimes. They get easier sometimes. I guess you could say. But yeah. but that you know, how do we make sure there is something that is very clearly God's truth that we are holding forth to people, and doing that in a way that is going to be. Um, able to reach them and care for them and minister to them effectively. Josh, tell us about Belfield. Uh, we are a church that's located right in the middle of a couple of universities, right in the middle of the University of Pitt, right near uh, Carnegie Mellon, a little ways down the road from Chatham, Point Park, a few others. So the, these are kinds of questions that you know we try to engage a lot with the student populations there because it's the kinds of questions they have. Um, so we're located there, but we're an intergenerational church. We've got a lot of families, a lot of people come in from around the area, and it's a, it's a neat place to try to try to at least ask those kinds of questions of how, how can we be crystal clear in what we believe about Jesus Christ uh, and hold that forth to people as the good news for the world, uh, and yet do it in a way that they'll, they'll you know, can, can hear it <laughs> uh, and can understand that and can see why that is such good news. Amen and amen. Reverend Brown, thank you. We appreciate your leadership and your presence here on our show over the years. Many thanks. Well, thank you. I appreciate what you guys are doing. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Our great pleasure. Pastor Josh Brown, Belfield Presbyterian Church. It's right across from the Pitt Bookstore in the Oakland neighborhood in the city of Pittsburgh. Attention. If you owe money to the IRS, this is an urgent message. The IRS is cracking down by sending out heart-stopping letters, aggressively garnishing paychecks, seizing bank accounts, and putting liens on homes and businesses. They call it enforced compliance, and you better watch out because penalties and interest on unpaid taxes compound daily, making it seem impossible to ever get out of debt. Don't let the tax debt destroy your life. You need to call Optima Tax Relief, the number one tax resolution firm. They're experts in the Fresh Start Initiative, one of the biggest breaks that the IRS has ever offered. If you qualify, you could save thousands. Optima's resolved over $1 billion of tax debt for their clients. A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, they'll fight to get you the best deal possible. Call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Late summer this year, you can join Alistair Begg on a fascinating Mediterranean cruise. We'll be visiting Palermo, Italy, where streets are filled with fascinating artisan studios, vibrant restaurants, and beautiful cathedrals. It was the Apostle Paul who brought Christianity to the island of Sicily, and his influence can be seen today in many works of art on the island. And of course, I get to teach the Bible, the geography, helping to make it come alive as never before. Join Alistair Begg for a once-in-a-lifetime Mediterranean cruise. Immerse yourself in the wonder of some of the world's most famous cathedrals, museums, and works of art. We'll be sailing on Norwegian Cruise Line's newest ship, the luxurious Viva. For details, log on to deeperfaithcruise.com. Then call 855-565-5519 to join. 855-565-5519. Inspiration Cruises and Tours is a trusted partner of Salem Media Group. 
What if, instead of focusing on how students can serve the market, educators focused on how schools can serve students? Trinity Christian School in Forest Hills invites you to discover what a classical Christian education can offer your child. Saturday, February 4th from 10 to 11.30. Meet the teachers, tour the school, enjoy brunch, and get all your questions answered about the holistic approach to education that works with the grain of your child's God-given curiosity. For more information, visit trinitychristian.net. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. This is an important message from the Mine Safety and Health Administration. Mining fatalities, accidents, and injuries are preventable. Taking a minute to approach your task safely can protect you and your fellow miners from injury and death. Staying alert and focused can keep you safe. Do it safe. Do it right. Whether buckling a seatbelt or securing equipment, these quick safety measures can prevent injuries and fatalities. Take time. Save lives. For more resources, visit MSHA.gov. Cloudy and breezy tonight, a little rain mixing with, then changing to snow. Little to no accumulation, low 31. Breezy tomorrow morning with low clouds and some snow accumulating a coating to an inch. Storm total snowfall an inch or two, the high 35. Rather cloudy tomorrow night with a snow shower, the low 25. Cloudy skies Friday with a couple of flurries. We'll reach a high Friday of 32. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. When you think about cleaning your kitchen, oftentimes you think about cleaning the floors or cleaning the counter. Mm -hmm. But researchers in a recent study by the Agriculture Department's Food Safety and Inspection Service tell us that neither of those places are the dirtiest in your kitchen. Really? Mm -hmm. The dirtiest places Mm -hmm. in your kitchen? So let me tell you what they did. Okay. They uh, brought a bunch of participants in to do a study and told them that they were testing new recipes. And so these people were told to prepare turkey burgers. Mm-hmm. Okay. As they cooked, though, scientists, and I'm reading here from the Daily Mail, scientists closely watched them cross contaminating surfaces in their kitchen as they made the turkey burgers. Mm-hmm. So at the conclusion of the, the prep, this is what they found. Are you ready? You have any guess as to what the number one item that harbored most bacteria in the kitchen was the sink no but that is one of them it's not number one that's second i think Hmm. the knobs on your stove no your spice jars (laughs) i gotta be honest i never thought of that no no Spice jars harbored the most amount of bacteria with 48 percent of spices having germs from the turkey on them how to get there? A little splattering. Well, you're, you're you know you're doing whatever you're doing with the turkey, yeah. And then you reach over to get your spices. Well, you're holding the turkey in your ha- bare hands, and then you're touching the spice jar. Right. You don't do that. Well, no kidding. That's yeah, what yeah, the whole yeah. article's about. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, of course. Anytime you're touching raw meat, before you touch anything else, you wash your hands. Right. But do you wash your hands enough? Even people who are washing their hands, they said consumers may mm, not necessarily mm, think to wipe down or decontaminate spice containers after cooking because they're not a lot. they're yeah. not normally thought of as like a high risk right, area. Right, right. The second oh, one you already guessed this. though, John, which is the kitchen sink. Mm. Um, the one thing you might not have guessed though is the soap dispenser 
the hand always, soap. Don't you think dispenser. about that? Yeah, I have. Because you get stuff in your hands, and then you touch the soap dispenser. Exactly, and of course, yeah. but you don't clean the soap dispenser. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So anyway, that's another big. The next item on the list, the sponge. Mm-hmm. Now, um, the sponge harbors bacteria because it's always damp, mm-hmm. and it's nasty, mm-hmm. and so you can microwave it. Or you can put it through the dishwasher. Mm-hmm. Either way. But I'm trying to get away from sponges. No sponges. I'm trying to go spongeless. What are you using? Paper well, towels? No, I'm using... The, I told you about this in the break. I'm using this new thing. Um, there are these compostable cloths. <laughs> Wait, like a handy wipe? They're kind of like that. Yeah. Like, oh, oh. that's They're, they're very attractive. Yeah. So they, they come, you know, printed in all sorts of yeah, nice... Like a handy ways. wipe. I've been using them since... Uh, Right before the, uh, Halloween. Hmm. So it's been about three months. I bought a couple to see what I would think about them. And they are absolutely terrific. And fabric-y? I love them. They're fabric-y. Like can, a handy one. Yes. You can put them in the dishwasher or you can put them in the washing machine. But here's the best thing. When you're done using them in about six months, you just throw them in the compost bin. Really? Fully compostable. Also, getting back to the uh, survey Germs. here, dish towels also harbor plenty oh, yeah, of bacteria. Of so they suggest you swap them out every day. Every day. Every day is a lot. That's an awful lot. I was reading this about, I'm sorry, about using your, like your bath towel. Yes. The article I was reading said you should swap out your towel. Take a guess. How often? Once a week. Every three days. That's a heck of a lot. I don't have that many bath towels. No. How about like when you go to- You mean like a hand towel? No, I mean like a bath towel. Your bath towel? Yeah. Every three days they're saying, come on, man. That's too much laundry. What about your hand towel that's in your... Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Right. You know that's dirty. It's Uh, a dirty world. (laughs) Cutting boards are next on the list because Mm -hmm. of all the grooves they have. They become a breeding ground for bacteria. The most important part, apparently, of cleaning your cutting board is to make sure it is dry after you give it a good wash. Also, use a different cutting board for your meat, for your poultry, and for your fruits and vegetables. And the last filthy spot on the cooking space, do you want to know what that is? Your face. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> your refrigerator drawers. Of course, yeah. That makes uh-huh. sense too as well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, consumers often store their meat and fr- Why would you put meat in there? Are you putting meat in there? In your refrigerator drawers? Yeah. Yeah. Don't you have like a little meat uh, cooler thing? I don't have a I meat don't, one. No. Don't you? Anyway, uh, meat and fruits inside, and they forget to line their drawers, leaving juice or germs <laughs> behind. <laughs> That's the last thing you want to see. Hey, do you have any meat juice? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Right? Hey, yeah, there's some meat juice there. Better clean that up right away. Anyway, so I I need Uh, to go home and clean my spice jars. It's just a dirty world. 101.5 WORD. I won! I won! Yes! And we want you to win, too. So sign up to receive our contests and sweepstakes update. Each Friday, you can see new opportunities to win. We regularly give out prizes from books, music, and merchandise to household items, even vacation trips or car payments. Stay up on all the fun. Subscribe to our contests and sweepstakes update, mailed each Friday. Sign up today at wordfm.com slash subscribe. Our little brother says the word dodo word. 40 times a day. Should we be saying that word on Word FM? (laughs) You started it. Okay. So, here we are with Uncle Ryan with three reasons why you'd be a tweet tweet if you bought a home this year and didn't use us at United Faith Mortgage. The biggest reason is our direct lender advantage. We use our own money. And there's no middleman, which means we can often get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money. 
We also pay $1,000 of your closing costs on all new home purchases. And just as important to me as saving listeners money is the super service part. Our small team is specifically committed to Word FM. You will not get to a closing and find anything hidden. It's a partnership all the way around. So don't the and we're done. We are United, United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp. Melbourne, New York. And a blessing 1330. Pennsylvania Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. Treat your someone special to an unexpectedly special Valentine's Day with a gift from Trinity Jewelers. From their beautiful crosses, diamond, pearl, and gemstone collections, Mark Halgerman and the custom jewelry experts at Trinity Jewelers will help you find or create the perfect gift to express exactly how you feel. Visit trinityjewelers.com today or find them aboard the Gateway Clipper at the Word FM Valentine Date Night, February 10th. Trinity Jewelers, your trusted custom jeweler for over 50 years. A new year has begun, and the teachers, parents, staff, and students at Eden Christian Academy are excited for what lies ahead. Because every day at Eden is a day for new beginnings, filled with new opportunities, new possibilities to explore and learn new things about God, ourselves, and our world. May your new year be filled with the hope and promise of new possibilities in God who makes all things new. A message from your friends at Eden Christian Academy at EdenChristianAcademy.org. During the pandemic, they closed our churches down. Suicide rates are exploding. Drug and alcohol use is ravaging America. And there's no church to bring the hope. See the new documentary, Super Spreader, how a stand against religious tyranny brought hope to a country in crisis. Christian singer and activist Sean Foyt leading what's called Let Us Worship. Here's a move of God that's going to change America. Watch Super Spreader, available now at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And Kennedy's back with us, author of Nailed It, 365 Sarcastic Devotionals for Angry and Worn Out People. Anne, are you angry and worn out today? Not too much, not more than usual. Pretty okay. good. That's good. Yeah. That's a really... Keep that rage simmering, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And you join us because you and your husband, who is a pastor, you do an excellent podcast. And uh, we follow you along, of course, because, you know... We're, we're sort of similar in tone, I would say. And so, you know, you were interested to us because you were talking about uh, why can't we be friends, men and women in the church? Now, I love this because you think outside of the church, people are going to go, what are you guys, a bunch of wackadoodles? Uh, you're still worried about friendships. But it's a thing, especially for, you know, a lot of people, maybe for an older generation. Talk to us about this. Well, it's, uh, yeah, it is a difficult topic in the church, I mean, when it should be a difficult topic in the world, but you're right, it's not really. Everybody no. just says uh, you can get along whichever way you want. Uh, but in the church, you've got to do a sort of delicate balancing act between treating each other, as uh, the Bible says, like brothers and sisters in Christ, with the fact that uh, the church is often also, well, that the church and Jesus are are likened to a marriage which is, you know, definitely friendly, but it's definitely a different kind of friendship. So there's a lot to navigate in the church that uh, Christians have to think about. So what kind of things are you are of concern? Well, there's so many things. I mean, I'm the mother now of basically four and a half teenagers. Mm. 
and a 20-year-old. So I want, my children are living their lives in the church. They've grown up there. And now suddenly we have this massive youth group and everybody is friends, of course. Uh, But I, as a mother, am suddenly sort of pitched into anxiety about how they are navigating those friendships and who likes who and Mm -hmm. who doesn't like who. So that's one layer. And then another is that, you know, you want men and women to work together in the church and do work. But uh, when you have people who are married mixing in with people who are single, everybody's expectations, how they think they should relate to each other uh, can get, you know, stressful. Uh, It just takes keeping your wits about you. And I do think that a lot of Christians today think that it's no big deal. You just say, oh, well, we're all in the body of Christ. We can all be friends. We can all work together. And then suddenly you end up with maybe like, you know, an abuse scandal and everybody's shocked (laughs) about where that came from. Uh, So it's ironic that people are quick to chuck over the sort of boundary markers that kept did keep people safe but then they are really angry when things go wrong as yeah. they should be no I, I think it's really worthy to have this conversation to talk about it deeply and, and your two examples of course uh, are spot on um how many church churches have been ruined by sex scandals or you know pastors or elders or deacons acting out poorly and all of a sudden it comes back and bites you big time yeah but is that of course, I mean, we've all lived through every headline related to that, right, Anne, over the, the last worst. decade. I mean, it's the absolute, it really is the mm-hmm. absolute worst. But my question is, I wonder if those scandals would have been, I just think there's a deeper problem between men and women than not following whatever rules and regulations are set up. I feel like there's a fundamental thing where men and women aren't just, it's not, sex to me is made, makes too big of, we make too big of a thing of it and so men and women all of a sudden can't be just friends so what are you saying so that we sh- the, the inherent um marker of respect to each other as Anne says in the church brothers and sisters in christ if you would truly look like that and yes. live like that yes. that would eradicate a lot of the problems yeah i what do you think about that Anne? Well, that's like saying, I mean, that's true. If we all behaved ourselves, yeah. um, <laughs> right, right. well, we wouldn't need Jesus. So, <laughs> you know, we, right. um, if we, if we, we knew how to behave too, if we just sort of, if it was obvious how men and women should work together, then, you know, we, we wouldn't have to constantly plead for forgiveness from right, right. the Lord. But, um, The thing I think that has been a little bit heartbreaking to me in this new world is that men and women's relationships are complex Mm -hmm. and mysterious. And in bygone ages, you didn't always nail down exactly what men and women were like. And so I think some of the boundaries that existed before allowed for some of the deep mystery between men and women to exist. And now in this age, we don't really like mystery and we want to know how things work. And so we want a sort of cut and dry. So you either have like, well, don't talk to my wife. I'm going to do the Billy Graham rule. And, you know, we're never going to go into a room without each other or the well, I'm you know, I can talk to whoever I want and there's no problem. Both of those are sort of 
I don't know. They're not good guardrails, for one thing. And they also flatten out one of the deep mysteries of life, which is that men and women are very different from each other, and they don't know how to read each other's minds, and <laughs> they uh, are going to sin against each other. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then how do you... Uh, I mean, there are churches that are complementarian, right? That 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 men, of course, are in leadership only, and women are are not not allowed to be part of leadership. Um, it depends upon the denomination, of course, uh, and the history of that denomination. How do you suss it out? I mean, there, I'll I'll let you take the lead. You and your husband are in church leadership. What are you doing? I mean, I'm really interested in this, and I'm especially interested in the youth group aspect of it all because, I mean, holy smokes, you look at youth culture today. I mean, it's magnified. It's a, it's a complete and total cesspool. And, of course, if you belong to a church, you want to protect your kids and, and follow an example or have them follow example that is good and God-honoring. I, well, I, I do not want to say that I know what to do because as I said, I have basically five and a half teenagers. So things could, these things are so complicated for me. And, uh, one of my children, you know, likes another person in our church. And so his dad stands up in the pulpit and there he is sitting next to his, you know, young lady. And I have to tell myself every week, oh, well, this is literally what we wanted. You know, we want our children to meet people in the church yeah. Uh, but meanwhile, you know, I'm in the back, like trying not to throw up from stress. So, <laughs> like, you know, there's a whole range. And Matt, Matt and I, we do work together in the church. We do a huge amount of ministry together and we work, you know, there, we work with men and women, with couples. I work with people in groups. He work, he meets with women to pastor them uh, on their own Um so he's not afraid. You know, a lot of people say, well, a pastor who's afraid of women is a bad thing. But that's not how this works. It's not about fear. It's about um, paying attention, keeping your wits about you, and being um, true to Jesus, most of all. And then also um, being aware of other people's desires and expectations that they may not themselves have noticed. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's hard to have a wide open pasture where everybody gets to be together, uh, and not be totalitarian, which is now my inclination. Uh, but it's, that's, <laughs> that's not good either. You, you've no. got to really play it out and think biblically. So biblically, on an individual case basis, is that how you try to make sense of it? I think that's what we've done here in the, our church. We haven't made any laws. Mm-hmm. We, when people have tried to make us make laws, we've refused to do that. Yeah. But um, we, yeah, it's it's got to be one case by one case. And so if you're uncomfortable with something, you should definitely pay attention to that and say, well, I shouldn't do that. Or, I shouldn't be on that team. I shouldn't. Yeah do that ministry or no, I shouldn't go to that thing. Um, or no, it's great that those, those people are, you know, everybody's behaving themselves fine and we can all behave ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, really big into good behavior right now. <laughs> I'm sure with five and a half teenagers. <laughs> Ann Kennedy is the author of nailed it 365 sarcastic devotionals for angry and worn out people. And she is into good behavior Excellent. as of now. Uh, and thank you for joining us. We love you. Thank you so much for having me. I miss you guys. Miss you, Dan. Yeah. Heck, it's been a long time. Anyway, you're always welcome here, of course. We'll come back and see you soon. 
And uh, boy, if, if I wish there was like a definitive rule that we could just figure it all out and the church would just go on and yeah, everything would be perfect. It's not going to work out that way. Sorry. If you owe $30 trillion and you didn't have the money to pay it off, you need to make a lot more money, right? Well, now America's debt is more than $30 trillion, and right now taxes are at historically low levels. So it doesn't take a genius to realize taxes will probably go up. Now, think about your retirement accounts. Do you want to pay taxes on some of that money now when rates are low or later when rates are much higher? Whether you should pay taxes now or in retirement depends on a lot of things. That's why Kirk Kinodic at Accurate Solutions Groups has a free guide called Are You Paying Too Much in Taxes? to help you determine what's best for you. To get your copy of Are You Paying Too Much in Taxes? call or text TAX to 412-515-3555. That's TAX to 412-515-3555. Get this free guide from Kirk Kinodic at Accurate Solutions Group now. 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Our firm may not give tax advice. Have you ever picked up a towel set because it felt really soft in the store, but then when you got to use it, it's not very absorbent? It's basically a towel that's leaving you out to dry. That's why MyPillow has developed the MyPillow towels. Towels that work. I know, it's mind-blowing. Towels that actually dry you. Their six-piece towel set includes two bath towels, two hand towels, two washcloths. They come in a variety of colors, and right now you can receive a six-piece set for only $49.99 with promo code WORD. Or go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener special. MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and have their 60-day money-back guarantee. To receive this amazing offer on the six-piece set off MyPillow tiles, just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special, enter promo code WORD, or call 800-391-0954. That's 800-391-0954. Or visit MyPillow.com, promo code WORD. Rayma Christian School is a private school in Moon Township serving children in preschool through eighth grade. Recognized for its commitment to a biblically integrated curriculum that nurtures a Christian worldview and academic excellence, Rayma aims to develop the whole child, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and socially. Rayma is a true community of families who desire to raise up the next generation of godly leaders, also offering programs for homeschool families, accepting enrollment now for the current school year and opening soon for the 2023-24 school year. Visit RaymaChristianSchool.org. Cable news. Noisy, out of touch, on repeat. Tired of all the lookalikes? So are we. Salem News Channel is here to change the game. Streaming 24-7, free on your TV, with the greatest collection of conservative voices. Home to Dinesh D'Souza, Andrew Wilkow, Brandon Tatum, and more. Like you, we say what's wrong and what's right. Unfiltered and unapologetic. Salem News Channel. We're the answer to the mainstream media. Learn more at snc.tv. When I'm looking what to watch, whether it's a movie or um, a series, my primary source often is Rotten Tomatoes. Do you use it? I do use it. To me, it's the most concise because it, it mixes established movie reviewers along with us yes and they, they provide scores for each of the groups so i think oh that's kind of interesting so it's you know the reviewers sometimes can be a little haughty mm-hmm. or a little clinical 
And then oftentimes you go, well, the audience, they don't know what they're talking about either. Right, so you sure. take it with a grain of salt. But I think it's a pretty good source, at least for me. So anyway, Rotten Tomatoes has a, a, a fresh tomato score. And they sort of list the tomatoes that have a very, like the best scores. And so I saw an article um, in Relevant where they listed, this is a very subcategory, Christian movies made by Christian production houses. Mm, okay. Which you know. So if you're a, a movie fan, that doesn't include a lot of. It can be a little dicey, right? Yeah, yeah, and some of the movies are pretty bad. Not some. Most of them, exactly, are pretty bad. So they do their Rotten Tomato scores. Here's a few films that have high Rotten Tomato Christian movies. Uh, something called All Saints, hmm. 2017 drama. It flew under the radar, but every critic who saw it was impressed. A pastor. Charged with shuttering his sparsely attended country church is transformed by the friendships he forges with the refugees who attend the church, and together they try to find a different use for the church's land. Hmm, All Saints feels like a bit of a miracle, writes Christy Lemire at RogerEbert.com. It's a faith-based movie inspired by a true story that lets its dramatic moments unfold without relying on melodrama. Okay. All okay. Saints. It's got a 95% wow. Rotten Tomato score. Okay. Uh, Indivisible. An arm, uh, that uh, Rotten Tomato score is 74%. So that tells you how good All Saints is. 74%. An army chaplain gets deployed to Iraq shortly after he gets married and returns a very different man, haunted and traumatized by the things that he saw. Indivisible, Indivisible is a little unique in that it forgoes the hoorah bravado of a similar war movies to show soldiers as complex and frequently damaged in ways that people back home have a hard time understanding. Okay. All right. Uh, greater, the Rotten Tomato score is 69%. The true story of Brandon Bullsworth, the Division One player who walked on after being told that he didn't have what it took and went on to become one of the most storied players in the program. While Brandon's own faith never wavers, the film cross-examines Christian pieties and even faith itself to a greater degree than any other faith-based film I can think of, writes um, National Register's uh, reviewer Stephen Gratis. Okay, okay, that sounds pretty good, too. I can only imagine, okay. as a Rotten Tomato score of 67%, the true story of Bart Millard's troubled relationship with his own dad and the road to writing his inspirational hit, of course, I can only imagine. Uh, winning most critics over, Variety's Peter DeBurge saying, quote, the movie works for the same reason the song does. It lightens the burden of the pain people are shouldering today and gives them something to look forward to. Very good. Mm. Uh, Woodlawn, the Rotten Tomato score is 73%. Uh, Sean Austin stars in another faith-based football. Sean Austin. Austin. Another faith, uh, faith football movie, like Facing the Giants, okay. which I cry every time which- I watch. I think it's wonderful. I really do. Uh, based on a true story about the tense racial integration of a Birmingham high school and the man whose spiritual leadership held the team together, even as racism tried to pull them apart. Hollywood Reporter says, uh, one thing that siblings John and Andrew Irwin exploit to canny effect in their new film based on real-life Woodland High, high School fo- football team is the honesty and deepness of the uh, participants' faith. Very good. So wow. those four okay. films. Is that four films? Yes. Yeah, so All Saints... Indivisible, greater, I can only imagine, and Woodlawn. Okay. And I had, to, I had to put Facing the Giants in there because you and I love it. Oh, who doesn't love it? Seriously. I wonder what that gets on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't it's know, get but a that's, high score. that's I, 
And that's an old film. I mean, I'm a, we watched that's that film when our kids were old, little, probably, easily. Yeah. yeah. Our kids were little kids. All right, that's our 4 o'clock hour. All right, when we come back, we're going to meet Pittsburgh's 2023 James Beard Award semifinalist. Also, we're going to talk about libraries in the 5 o'clock hour. Mm -hmm. Does this make sense? And it looks like we still use some of our appliances like it's 1970. The Wall Street Journal today says there's a better way. We'll talk about it coming up next. Yeah. The sun was here. The sun was out. Sun was here. A little bit. It was. But now it's been banished and gone forever. (laughs) We live in a dark and cloudy world. Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. Choice in healthcare. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Shortly after Germany agreed to send 14 Leopard 2 A6 tanks to Ukraine, President Biden made a related announcement at the White House. Today I'm announcing that the United States will be sending 31 Abram tanks to Ukraine, the equivalent of one Ukrainian battalion. Secretary Austin has recommended this step because it will enhance the Ukraine's capacity to defend its territory and achieve its strategic objectives. The decision reverses months of arguments by the Biden administration that the tanks were too difficult for Ukrainian troops to operate and maintain. And Amazon workers have gone on strike for the first time in Britain. It's a dispute over pay and working conditions. The Dow is down 35 points and the Nasdaq off 38. This is SRN News. Have you or your children ever faced hunger at a level where your life or theirs were at risk? Or have you ever been in a situation where you had little or no access to clean drinking water and no ability to get it? For most of us in the United States, we have never had to face that crisis. But for children in the countries of Malawi, Zambia, and Uganda, it's a battle they face every single day. Cross International is asking for your help to provide life-saving resources for children in these African countries and other nations where Cross International has partners and is working to solve this crisis and assist with COVID-19 efforts. A $62 one-time gift per child helps provide life-saving resources like food, water, COVID-19 assistance, Christian education, and a Bible. If you would like to give a life-saving gift for one or more children, you can get involved right now by calling one 806 29 That's 1-866-806-2977. Or look for the Cross International banner at wordfm.com. Volunteering on a three-day retreat with Kairos Prison Ministry is like having a front-row seat to a miracle. Through the friendship and love of Kairos volunteers, the lives of the incarcerated and their families are forever changed. Yours will be too. Teams are assembling now for retreats to SCI Green and Fayette with training to begin January 28th. Whether you serve inside, outside, or in support, if you have a heart for inmates, this is your opportunity. Click the Word FM logo today at kairospa.org. Bachman's Roofing and Solar is your local award-winning roofer.
stop waiting. It's time to inspect your roof and protect your home's number one asset. With no interest and no payment financing for 12 months, Bachman's Roofing is your easy choice for roofing, gutters, and solar. Did you know Bachman's Roofing is one of the number one GAF solar integrated roofing installers in the USA? Go with Bachman's. Go with solar and install the roof that pays for itself. Call 412-744-8390 or visit bachmansroofing.com. Marketing your business is hard. It's so competitive and getting new customers is as hard as keeping your existing ones. We know it because we're a local business too. So when it comes to marketing your business and getting new customers, we know how to do it. Our digital marketing firm, Salem Surround, is built to create customized solutions to your business, not your competitors, just you. Reach out to us at SalemSurround.com and we'll work with you to create those solutions that will increase your business and bring you new customers. SalemSurround.com. Cornerstone Television Network has been sharing the gospel through Christ-centered TV for over 43 years. In 2023, our mission remains the same, but we can't wait to share with you how we're shifting to reach the next generation. Watch Visions of Hope with Keenan Bridges, Coy Barker, Eric Butler, Robert Jeffress, and Candace Smithyman. Tune in January 23rd through 27th, 8 p.m. on Cornerstone Television. That's Verizon Fios Channel 505 or Channel 805 on Comcast Xfinity. Cloudy and breezy tonight, a little rain mixing with and changing the snow. Little to no accumulation, low 31. Breezy tomorrow morning with low clouds and some snow accumulating a coating to an inch. Storm total snowfall an inch or two, the high 35. Rather cloudy tomorrow night with a snow shower, the low 25. Cloudy skies Friday with a couple of flurries. We'll reach a high Friday of 32. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along today. Five o'clock Wednesday. This feels... Is it... I don't want to come... It feels like it's a long week. Does it feel... I keep on thinking today's Thursday. Yeah. Well, I think one of the reasons is that the sun doesn't shine. We saw it. Yeah, we saw it for 10 minutes, and None, that maybe, was it. Maybe, yeah. It was really depressing. It was beautiful. It, it was beautiful. Brightened my mood for about eight minutes. And that was it. <laughs> Not that I'm grumpy. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah. All right. Uh, James Beard. This is a big deal. The James Beard Awards are like uh, the best of the best restaurants mm-hmm. in the country. If you get If you get on that list, holy smokes. It's yep. like the Oscars. I don't think I think the James Beard Award though goes to a person and not a restaurant. Right. I think is that true? I yes. think I'm pretty sure yeah. that's true. Mm-hmm. So uh, in Pittsburgh, uh, today's PG uh, Nat Klein lets us know that there are three James Beard Award semifinalists, and you know what? This uh, restaurant in, in uh, Bloomfield, uh, Apteca, which I've never been to. I, I cannot believe that I've never been there. I did not know it was all vegetarian. Oh yeah. Well, they're doing this thing called Crapteca. Oh, yeah? What's that? It's like a two-week festival of, you know, their high-end food with a bunch of junk around it. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so... Uh, I've got to go there. Why haven't we gone there? What is the matter? with? Well, because we had COVID. Might be pricey. I don't think it is. It's not Taco Bell. Well, no, but I don't, I don't think it's, you know, super high-end. Well, how expensive could a vegetarian restaurant be? That's what I mean. Right? 
I wonder. Uh, three Pittsburgh chefs and two restaurants are among the honorees on the 2023 James Beard Award semi-finalist list. Uh, Kate Latsky and Tomas, I'm sorry. Skaronsky. Thank you. About Tekka and Nick Frosberg. Forsberg. A Fet Fisk. Receive nods in the best chef mid-Atlantic category, which covers restaurants located in PA, Washington, D.C., Jersey, New Jersey, Virginia, and Maryland. Now, Apteca in Bloomfield included its a pair of those chefs. The second nomination in as many years to do it. They opened Apteca in 2016. The past few years, they've developed the restaurant into an establishment of national acclaim. The New York Times acknowledged the restaurant on its uh, 2020 50 places in America we are most excited about right now. Holy smokes. Apteca typically serves vegan cuisine with a decidedly Eastern European twist. Yeah, it's the Polish in them. The next two weeks, it's running its popular annual Crapteca menu, where it spins fast food culture into plant-based wonderland. I'm not sure about that. We'll find out. Plant-based wonderland. I like it. <laughs> with whimsically topped house-made burgers. So this is a vegan burger. Yep. Along with sunflower shakes and fries with a variety of dipping sauces and Heinz ketchup, which pretty much is the only thing they don't make in-house. That's wild. Everything that they serve, they're making in-house, with the exception of Heinz ketchup. Mm -hmm. By the end of this month, I want to get there. Really? Okay, I like to look at the menu. uh, To be honest, the idea of like a vegan burger does not excite me. It doesn't. At but all. at the hands of these two, I feel good about I'm it. Sure. I mean, how bad can it be? These are like master chefs. Also, let's talk about Fet Fisk. Mm-hmm. Fet Fisk is a multifaceted food project um, that draws from Nordic heritage. Nordic? Mm-hmm. Fet, Fet Fisk means greasy fish in Swedish. Oh, that sounds interesting. Uh-huh. <laughs> some greasy fish. Yep. Uh, since January 2019, Fet Fisk has hosted 45 plus pop-up dinners in a multitude of venues around the city. They provide genuine restaurant experience reflective of values that they feel are underrepresented in the industry. Hmm. Uh, The long-term goal has been to open a full-service Fet Fisk restaurant. They say, this according to their website where I'm reading, we get closer every year. Uh, It talks about the market, the farm. I mean, I don't know anything about Fet Fisk, but I'm going to find out also. Uh Okay. Are going to be at the uh, former Lombardozzi's in Bloomfield. Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about right. that? That's also right on Liberty Avenue. Yes, it is. So one of the things they're making at Fet Fisk is braised rabbit. What do you think? I don't. I don't believe I've ever had rabbit. Uh, maybe. I can't say I have. That makes me sad. What? Because I think rabbits are cute. Yeah. Call me. I know it sounds infantile, but I mean what I say. No, of course. Well, of course. I mean cows are cute. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But there we go. Chickens, too. Yeah, happy to have it. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't know. Well, congratulations to all three of them. <clears throat> yeah, that yeah. Incredibly high honor. Very mm-hmm. exciting and embarrassing for those of us who've never sampled. Not embarrassing. Yes. No, no, no. Yes. Why are you embarrassed? Look, because you and I should do better. <laughs> embarrassed. Will you go with me to Apteca first? Let me look at the menu. I'm not I'm You're not, going. I'm not like, hey, Come wow, on. I look forward to having yeah. like, you know, a plant-based yeah. burger and a you're pickle. Go, you're going. I no. bet. I bet it'll change your mind. Maybe. I mean, see, I, I'm sure. I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> Look how much you love a salad. I do, but I'm not going to pay forty bucks for a salad. I don't think we're paying forty. You bucks don't for know. A salad not, if these guys are James, it's not going. You know, again, it's not Taco Bell. Right. 
We need to take a break. All right. When we come back, libraries aren't safe, but they are good. For those of you who've read C.S. Lewis, that's going to be a quote that sounds familiar to you with the word library inserted. We'll talk about what it means for the good of communities that Christian public librarians are doing their thing. That's next. 101.5 WORD. Plan now to join Word FM aboard the Gateway Clipper. It's our Valentine dinner cruise, Friday, February 10th. A special night out for sweethearts, couples, and friends. Enjoy a delicious dinner buffet in the romantic warmth of the Gateway Clippers Empress as you take in spectacular views of the city skyline. Boarding time is 6 p.m. Book now at wordfm.com. Sponsored in part by Trinity Jewelers and Cornerstone Television. Eric was way behind on his taxes. I owed a lot of money to the IRS, almost $15,000. I tried to make payments. The IRS wasn't satisfied with Eric's efforts, so they came after him full force. They're coming to put a lien and a hold on all my income, my home, my car. I was just overwhelmed at what to do. Then Eric called Optima Tax Relief. When Optima Tax got involved, the cause was stopped. The threats would stop. It was easy like uh, one, two, three. Optima Tax Relief is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau, and their team of expert tax professionals took care of Eric's problem. I owe 15000 and now my debt is clean. I don't owe anything. Take Eric's advice. If you have a tax problem, you need to call Optima Tax now. Call Optima Tax Relief for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Have you ever picked up a towel set because it felt really soft in the store, but then when you got to use it, it's not very absorbent? It's basically a towel that's leaving you out to dry. That's why MyPillow has developed the MyPillow Towels. Towels that work. I know, it's mind-blowing. Towels that actually dry you. Their six-piece towel set includes two bath towels, two hand towels, two washcloths. They come in a variety of colors, and right now, you can receive a six-piece set for only $49.99 with promo code WORD. Or go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener special. MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and have their 60-day money-back guarantee. To receive this amazing offer on the six-piece set off MyPillow tiles, just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special, enter promo code WORD, or call 800-391-0954. That's 800-391-0954. Or visit MyPillow.com, promo code WORD. Rhema Christian School is a private school in Moon Township serving children in preschool through eighth grade. Recognized for its commitment to a biblically integrated curriculum that nurtures a Christian worldview and academic Academic excellence, Rama aims to develop the whole child spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and socially. Rama is a true community of families who desire to raise up the next generation of godly leaders. Also offering programs for homeschool families, accepting enrollment now for the current school year and opening soon for the 2023-24 school year. Visit RamaChristianSchool.org. We are so fortunate here in Western Pennsylvania to have the Carnegie Library system. I mean, it is, it, it's is—it's everything. There was a time in my life, maybe like uh, eighth grade or so, where I, I, I lived at the library. Mm-hmm. I, and I think for a lot of people, the library in many ways is a lifesaver. It was an indelible part of my childhood. It, and it was an indelible part of my kids' My childhood. kids as well, right? I mean, we are so fortunate to, with the library system here. And uh, 
Happy to welcome back to the show uh, Emily Bells. She's a CT's news writer. She wrote a wonderful piece at CT, Christianity Today, called Libraries Aren't Safe, But They Are Good. Emily, welcome back to the show. It's so good to be with you. Our pleasure. Thank you. So, Emily, um, talk about your growing up. Did a library mean something to you? Oh, I love that question. Um, I, yes, spent a lot of time at the library. I was... um, I don't know if you've heard of the program Battle of the Books, but um, I participated in that, which is pretty nerdy. And you (laughs) read a list of books and you do trivia questions about it. And it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I was a little kid, um, the library was like, uh, I don't know. It was like I'd walk in and feel like all of the stories in the world were just waiting for me to mm-hmm. uncover them. Yep. That's the best way I can describe it. I, it just it was like the greatest place I could imagine. Yep, the smell of it, the feel of it. I wonder if the internet has changed that. What do you think? Yeah, I I think that um, that's something that I heard from librarians when mm-hmm. I interviewed them for this piece. They were um, honestly kind of happy for some controversy around libraries just because it meant that people still cared about them. So oh, I think that um, they're seeing a lot more people turn to eBooks, turn to Netflix and other kind of entertainment. Um, so they're happy to have someone just be interested in the library and want to want to read and want to interact with it. Good. Okay. So Emily, I'm glad you brought this up because in your piece, you quote someone, Lyle Walters, who is a, um, a librarian, and uh, he says that quote Christians can be uh, Christian, and uh, Christians can be Christians, and not a bunch of hotheads. This, of course, is the Christian backlash of banning books across the country. Please go into that with us. Yeah, so um, your listeners may have heard about this in their communities. I don't know, but um, there have been some situations at different local public libraries and school libraries where parents have gotten upset about certain titles, um, mostly having to do with sex, sexuality, and um, they, they've, uh, you know, pushed for, in some cases, defunding libraries. So there have been a few libraries in the country who've lost significant funding over some of these kind of culture war battles. Um, and I think that, you know, there's some validity to having debates about particular titles um, but the way that librarians are experiencing this is just sort of a um, general um, backlash against the library itself. So we wanted to look at kind of what do libraries do today? Um, what it, what percentage of what they're doing is really focused on more of these kind of activist type titles that people are so um, worked up about? And what is what percentage is doing a lot of other things for their community? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you write... Uh... In conservative counties, customers are mad about sexual content in books. And in liberal counties, customers want more liberal activism. I mean, that sounds like America today, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it really does reflect kind of our community divides in general. I think that um, I live in New York City and I talk to some librarians here who are saying that, you know, they do feel pressure, too, to be political in some ways. Um, and they also just want to kind of serve their communities in basic ways and get kids reading and, um, get them away from their phones for a minute. Um, 
So I think there's a lot more unity on the side of the librarians in terms of what they want than you might think from reading the headlines about the controversies that are happening, um, either in in politically conservative or liberal communities. I picked one of those controversies uh, about, I don't know, maybe six or eight months ago, and I decided to just not read, you know, a news story about it. I decided to go back and actually read the minutes of a school board meeting. I know you think I probably should, like, have more in my life. But I decided, I was like, what? So what? what is what is this conflict about? Now, this is just one story. But when I read the actual minutes, I realized that what we're hearing about these conflicts is really not the full substance of what's going on in the communities. And oftentimes they're misrepresented. And I think that they make uh, they make us nationally get really up in arms about things that could really be handled in a much better way and are being handled in a much better way in local communities. So I don't know if you've done any reporting on that or any writing on that or any reading on that, but do you sense the same thing? Yeah, I so for this story, I went to a town in Missouri that was um, dealing with some of these arguments. And um, one school, one board meeting, um, somebody wanted the librarian to be put on the sex offender registry. So that's the kind of temperature that they're dealing with. And um, I think that um, there's a lot of ways to solve this, like you said, that um, are easier than putting someone on a sex offender registry. And that would be like, um, you know, being involved in your kids' reading, knowing what they're reading and keeping them from um, titles that you don't agree with as a parent. Another thing is to serve on library boards. This is something I heard from so many librarians that they need support from their board to make decisions about really um, things that are important to the community. So, if there's good people serving on those boards, that really helps public librarians out a lot. So, mm. um, yeah, and just, you know, being involved and knowing your public libra- librarian and maybe encouraging them and talking to them. So I think there's just some really easy things that you can do um, that don't involve shouting matches. Mm-hmm. Now, Emily, you, you talk about librarians and you, you talk about some librarians who are Christian librarians, they want to be true to their faith, but also, you know, for the most part, they're working for a public entity. That's a very thin line you've got to follow, right? I mean, uh, you're true to your faith, but at the same time, the public wants, you know, of course, this culture today, what they want. Yeah, it is a tricky thing. And I had a hard time even finding public librarians who are Christian who wanted to speak publicly about hmm. What they do, I think that just like any government employee, um, it's tough to speak about your faith publicly. Um, But the ones that did, I think were struggling with, um, yeah, you know, the tension of just being in a pluralistic society where you're trying to do a library that represents the different people in your community. But you also, you know, some of these librarians really do have strong beliefs about what titles should be on their shelves. And I will say it's not just, you know, the librarian I followed in Missouri, she wasn't just worried about, you know, oh, is is somebody going to be mad about this um, gay pride display at the library? But she was worried about the romance novels that were on her shelves and how popular they were in the community. So um, I think that, yeah, she had, as a Christian librarian, a lot to work through from that standpoint and trying to, I think, 
engage with different members of the community and try to represent them while also living out her faith is is yeah. something that's it's just hard. It's just um, something we're all struggling with, I think. Emily Bells is with us, Christianity Today's news writer, talking about an article she wrote on libraries. You know, that story you told, I mean, that's it's a really hard place. You know, um, there's a lot of garbage on TV, right? There's a lot of garbage in the cinema, and there's a lot of garbage books. I mean, that's just the way it is. And how people determine what's garbage and what isn't, you know, we're all in a different place as to, you know, our tastes, um, our whatever, our preferences, our education level, our, you know, whatever it is. Um, and so it it's not fair to put on librarians some kind of task that they're supposed to be our, I don't know, moral arbiter uh, to decide what's right <laughs> and wrong for us. Did you talk to librarians that felt that way? Yeah, I think that they also felt kind of downstream from culture in a lot of ways, like you're saying, like a lot of these decisions about books that are being published are happening, um, you know, at publishing houses and um, they're just buying the stuff that is being asked of them from the community. I don't know if people know this, but you can go ask your librarian to buy a book for you and most of the time they'll do that. Um, But uh, yeah, and I think that another Thing that they would emphasize is um, they do so many things beyond uh, lending out books. I mean, libraries have become kind of the main community center where people can go without having to pay money for anything. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, these librarians I've talked to, they're uh, hosting groups, you know, adults with disabilities who have to find somewhere to spend the day and stay entertained will come there. Um, You know, people who are homeschooled um, can get classroom space in a lot of libraries. Um, People who, uh, you know, I mean, a a darker side of things is that they'll be a lot of times be encountering drug overdoses and having to respond to that. So Mm. um, they're just kind of on the front lines in a lot of ways, just because they are a free place for people to hang out and, and spend some time without having to pay any money. Yeah. I mean, the good news is, and this is what I take from your article, because it's really a nuanced piece, Emily. You did a wonderful job that there is a complexity in the library system, because as you say, it takes all comers, it's free, and so you've got to walk a very narrow line. But the interesting thing is, I mean, we're all walking around with computers in our pockets and, you know, we're unlimited access to whatever, that your local neighborhood library big or small, is still a hotbed of education and a, a good cultural stew. And we have a voice in it. As believers in Jesus Christ, we still are heard. We're equal to anybody else who wants to be part of this. And, of course, in a free society, that's all we're asking. Yeah, I think that is really the takeaway is that um, you can just be engaged with your public library. You can share your criticisms, um, I would say, in a in a level-headed way. <laughs> And also, um, you know, it's really easy to um, to get to know your community that way and to help your local librarians um, in the different ways that they're responding. I mean, I it was so great to hear different people's memories about their libraries. Like you talked about at the beginning, um, I interviewed a bunch of people just about their childhood memories and, you know, people talking about, like as as one woman was saying as a child she had 
cancer treatment and she every day after chemo she would go to the library and sit there and read and that was the highlight for her so just hearing those things um, makes me think this is a public institution that's worth treasuring and um, and the ways that we can support it and critique it when needed um, are important so let's just not forget about our libraries I guess is the main takeaway <laughs> that good, is yeah. really good excellent as uh, Emily, as you leave, with our uh, thanks for Fun writing thanks. such a great piece and also for joining us today, I have to send a shout out to Miss Wilcox, who is a librarian in the Shaler Area School District. Excellent. Is a wonderful, absolutely wonderful librarian. And also Miss Wackerbarth, who was uh, the librarian when I my kids were little. Mm. And she's the one who gave us our recommendations and guided us to new series mm-hmm. and new authors and really terrific people. To who, all librarians, yep. right? A tip of the hat. Very nice. Emily, thanks. Yeah. You do excellent work at Christianity Today. We, we love it. Keep it up. Oh, thanks for having me. Great to be with you guys. Always a pleasure. Emily Bells, uh, and uh, it's online, and uh, she's the uh, news writer for CT. Libraries aren't safe, but they are good. Emily Bells from Christianity Today. Take a quick break. The Daily Feature, does this make sense? That's next. Turkey and stuffing, real mashed potatoes, sliced top round, Aunt Emma's broccoli casserole, chicken and gravy over buttermilk biscuits. Am I making you hungry yet? Hi, it's me, Marsha, from the Springhouse. Do you have a special event coming up in your life? A shower, a wedding, graduation party, company party, anniversary event, or any occasion where you'd love to serve all-natural, farm-fresh foods? Then it's time to give the Springhouse Catering Department a call at 724-228-3339. From your first conversation with Dawn, who will help you create a menu that's unique to you, to the beautiful, bounteous setup and display that my sister Jill and her crew create you will be delighted after every catering event jill tells our cooks i wish i could take you with me so you could hear all the wonderful comments guests give us give us a call at 724-228-3339 or check out our extensive menu at springhousemarket.com for farm fresh catering from the springhouse diabetes high blood pressure anxiety meds everyone's on them if you're a 50 year old male maybe a bit porky and you may even have type 2 diabetes a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month call term provider speak with big lou at 800-333-1750 big lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-333-1750. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-333-1750. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-333-1750. 800-333-1750. Rayma Christian School is a private school in Moon Township serving children in preschool through 8th grade. Recognized for its commitment to a biblically integrated curriculum that nurtures a Christian worldview and academic excellence, Rayma aims to develop the whole child, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and socially. Rayma is a true community of families who desire to raise up the next generation of godly leaders, also offering programs for homeschool families. Accepting enrollment now for the current school year and opening soon for the 2023-24 school year. Visit Rayma Christian School 
Mediterraneanschool.org. Discover the magnificence of the Mediterranean with Alistair Bay and our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. Nine life-changing days of powerful worship, Bible study, and history. Sign up now, deeperfaithcruise.com. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Cloudy and breezy tonight, a little rain mixing with and changing to snow. Little to no accumulation, low 31. Breezy tomorrow morning with low clouds and some snow accumulating a coating to an inch. Storm total snowfall an inch or two, the high 35. Rather cloudy tomorrow night with a snow shower, the low 25. Cloudy skies Friday with a couple of flurries. We'll reach a high Friday of 32. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Does this make sense? Does what make sense? Bagged salad. Oh. 100%. Wow. I thought maybe you'd need time to no, think about no. that or I might need to explain what it is. Like, I love a bag of spring mix. Okay, so hold on for a minute. For people who are listening, I'm just bringing up a bagged yeah. And the flavored ones, like you get the oh, southwestern like yeah. mix, or you get the kale mix, or Ex- you get the tangerine mm-hmm. green onion mix. I love that because it, it cuts your salad prep like you know by like nothing. It's like so easy. Open up a bag, you throw some stuff, little tomatoes on there. You might cut yourself some cucumbers, but all that stuff's there. It's a good salad too. Yeah, I love it. It makes perfect sense. Do you think it makes sense? I do think it makes sense. Oh, I really I do think it, it makes sense. Now, here's the thing. Uh-oh. I think that if you get greens on their own, they taste better. Probably. They do. Probably. They really do right, taste right, better. Right. You buy like, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. However, Arugula, if you, right, so yeah. if you're going to build your own salad, yeah. you're going to end up with a better salad. But right. if it's up to like, I'm going to stop at Burger King or I'm going to get a bagged salad. Yeah. Get the bagged salad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still good. I had one last night and I thought to myself in the middle of it. So good. This is really good. It's like under five bucks too, right? Yeah. yeah and you yeah. know what I do? Hmm. Whatever bag salad I get, yeah. I, I add an apple. Oh, what? You chop up put an, an apple. apple on there. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it, it first of all, it makes it go more. Yeah. Right? So it's it's going further. Mm-hmm. It adds a nice element, you know, because one nice. of the benefits of eating salad is the more fresh you, it, and it's chewy. Yeah. You, chewing. Mm-hmm. You know what Texture. I mean? Texture. You can drink a milkshake, but right, right. you want to take your time. Very good. Oh, we're going to the movies tonight. And I always have this. This is always a problem for me. Does this make sense? Butter on the popcorn, which is not really butter. Mm-hmm. And they tell you that. Mm-hmm. Not a butter product. Mm-hmm. Or, but you know what? I'm going. Count me in. I don't even care. Fill it up. Give me, <laughs> give me that fake butter. My wife has to have her own popcorn because she's like, I'm not going to eat that. You know, you're going to. Have a heart attack. Does it fake butter at the at the pop, at the movies make sense to you? No, it's disgusting. Oh, come on. What even is it? I don't even care. It's it, butterish. That is gross. First of all, it's a mess. <laughs> okay. It's a total. You're. Okay. What, you, you, it's like there don't, aren't enough napkins that you can carry that oh, are going to take you through the experience you're about to get I got into. Em. No way. 
No way. It tastes like, like well, like it doesn't have enough like salt on it. It's got like enough sodium for three people. I'm at the movies. I'm enjoying myself. It's a pleasurable experience. I, look, I, just Bring it on. On the basis of cleanliness only, I have to, cleanliness. I have to say it's a solid Get no. Out of here. I'm t- talking about taste and enjoyment at the movies. Makes sense. 101.5 WORD. You're listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan. And we want you to know that we appreciate you. I can be your number one fan. That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers. Great giveaways. Discounts. Freebies. I'd like to win one of these contests. Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com slash fan club and sign up. We're big fans. Word FM listeners. In this year radio commercial, I'm going to show you how the famous quote, two birds, one stone, should actually be four birds, one stone. I can see you're on the edge of your seat, but let's at least give it a try. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, and what we're seeing from families across the country is how one stone, the cash out refinance, is helping families four different ways. The cost of everything is currently crazy, which is spiking credit card debt, where interest rates are often three to five times higher than mortgage interest rates, which is why we're seeing family after family taking advantage of the fact that their home has skyrocketed in value and cashing out that newfound money to pay off the credit card monster, using leftovers on special purchases, setting a bit extra aside for future peace of mind, and the fourth positive is cleaning up debt improves your credit score, giving you better future options. If you're curious what a cash-out refinance would do for you, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp. Melbourne, New York. And a listener 1330. That's Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage lender license 22672. Have you ever picked up a towel set because it felt really soft in the store, but then when you got to use it, it's not very absorbent? It's basically a towel that's leaving you out to dry. That's why MyPillow has developed the MyPillow towels. Towels that work. I know, it's mind-blowing. Towels that actually dry you. Their six-piece towel set includes two bath towels, two hand towels, two washcloths. They come in a variety of colors, and right now, you can receive a six-piece set for only $49.99 with promo code WORD. Or go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener special. MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and have their 60-day money-back guarantee. To receive this amazing offer on the six-piece set off MyPillow tiles, just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special, enter promo code WORD, or call 800-391-0954. That's 800-391-0954. Or visit MyPillow.com, promo code WORD. During the pandemic, they closed our churches down. Suicide rates are exploding. Drug and alcohol use is ravaging America. And there's no church to bring the hope. See the new documentary, Super Spreader, how a stand against religious tyranny brought hope to a country in crisis. Christian singer and activist Sean Foyt leading what's called Let Us Worship. Here's a move of God that's going to change America. Watch Super Spreader, available now at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When I was first hired as a worship leader, it wasn't even called that. It was, it was called? called music director. Truly, I had no idea what I was doing. Well, you were kind of a kid. I was a kid. I was still in my 20s. And I, uh, you know, I had had musical training, but musical, tra- and believe me, that's essential. But musical training is not the same as knowing how to 
recruit a team, how to lead a band, how to craft a service, how to craft a service, how to think about worship, how to have your own worship life, how to love your congregation. Right. I mean, I just didn't I didn't know. I mean, because it's worship, anything. but it's also performative. Yeah, it's both things. And how and yeah, that's it's weird. a very thin line. How are you? How do you do that? Well, it, it's just really. Anyway, all those questions were like swirling around in my head. It was also at that time in like the Western cultural Christian uh, era that we were coming out of the hymns and going into contemporary music for Sunday mornings. So, some churches. Yeah, some churches were doing that. Um, a lot of churches were doing that. This was in the very end of the 90s. And uh, so all of a sudden it wasn't it wasn't just four chords and a social message. Like up to that point, a lot of people, if they were doing contemporary quote unquote music on a Sunday morning, it'd be a, a guy playing acoustic guitar and singing, you know, the Easter song by second chapter of Acts, something like that. Keith Green. At, right. Keith Green. Now people were using bands and churches and even traditional churches were open to that. Yeah. You got casting crowns. And, and I it, didn't, and I didn't know anything. Yeah. I didn't know anything about doing that. Uh, at that time, I was also a young mom, and I was working with this group called Mops at my church, Mothers of Preschoolers. And um, we had uh, a couple moms that were older than us who had gone through the young momhood and had older kids, and they were like our advisors. Mm. And it was such a wonderful thing because, you know, when you have little kids, especially infants and even toddlers and like you just feel like you're going to be in that stage forever. And it's so time consuming and so energy uh, absorbing that it's often it just wears you out. And meeting in a group with a, a, a bunch of people who are your age and have little kids and then seeing those women up front who are like through it Beyond and it. thriving <laughs> And wise and wonderful. And you see their kids. You think, okay, maybe I can survive. Well, one of those women at my mops group was uh, keyed in to my feelings of um, inferiority when it came to taking over this music position. And uh, I didn't talk to her a lot about it, but she was sensitive enough as a person to recognize that it was a big thing for me. And so maybe, I don't know, a year or two into my working at the church in that capacity, she says to me, hey, you know what? Um, I used to live in Southern California and I went to Saddleback Church, which is where Rick Warren uh, was the pastor, for those of you who might be familiar with his name. And they're going to do a worship conference there. And it's like a training thing. Like it's, they're talking about a lot of questions that you keep asking. Hmm. And I said, well, the <laughs> I mean, the chances of me being able to go to a conference in Southern California is like uh, between zero and none. Sounds nice, though. And she sat down at that exact moment and wrote me a check for $1,000. Wow. Now, I could not have been more shocked. I mean, I didn't even I didn't even know what to say. I'm not even sure I said thank you. I wasn't even. And she was like this. Just take this money and go to that conference. Now. Our church could would never have had enough money to pay for me to go to the conference, nor would they have probably believed it was necessary. Um, but she did it. She said, this is a personal thing. I am investing in you. Wow. And you're going to go do this. So did you? So I did. And not only did I go that year, but I went six times 
total. Every year for that conference, I went out there and I spent a week learning about how to do my job. And I have to tell you that I would never have, I'm still the, a worship leader and I'm still at that church all these years later. And I could never have done that if it wasn't for Nancy that day telling me about the conference and actually making it possible for me to go. So fast forward maybe another year after I went to the conference the first time. I'm a young mom. Now I have two kids. And um, after my second was born, I went into a deep period of postpartum anxiety. Um, if you've ever heard of postpartum depression, this is kind of like the opposite side of the coin. So some people feel depressed. Some people feel anxious. But it's basically the same disorder. It just manifests differently in different people. Um, I was dealing with a parent who was critically ill all the demands of having a toddler and an infant and all of whatever biochemical thing was going on in my body made me pretty much incapacitated. Really? It was very, very dark time in my life. Very, very difficult time. How long did it last? Um, it lasted, well, I was under the care of a psychiatrist for about eight years. Um, but I went to weekly therapy and was medicated for three years. Wow. After that. So it's a big deal. It was a big deal. It wasn't just, oh, well, I was feeling a little anxious one a little day. Blue. Yeah. It was like I was right on the verge of hospitalization. Mm. And, but I couldn't be hospital. I mean, I could have been hospitalized, but I had an infant mm -hmm. and I had a three year old and I had a husband and I had a, a, a sick parent. And anyway, it was just, it was a lot of things. Um, and I remember a day when I was just kind of wallowing in the bottom of that depressive, anxious cycle that a lot of you listening, I'm sure, will identify with. And it was probably one o'clock in the afternoon. And I had I had never raised the blinds in my house. I didn't have any curtains open. I was just in there with the TV on and my two kids in the dark. I was in my pajamas. It was a disaster. I just felt like whatever it took to mother these kids, I didn't have. And whatever it took to care for my parents, I didn't have. And I was just like, I don't know. I just felt completely despondent. And there was a knock at the door. And I thought to myself, well, I don't know who that is, but I guarantee you I'm not opening that door. Well, it turns out that I left the door open and Nancy walks in. Now, this is the same woman who had written out a couple years previous a check for me for $1,000. She walked in the door. She took one look at me and didn't say anything. Didn't say, you know, wow. You're a mess. But in her arms, she had all of these groceries. Now, keep in mind, I had not talked to her on the phone. She did not know the details of what was going on. She just knew the general story because she and I were friends. And in those bags of groceries, John, she had diapers. She had orange juice, English muffins. She had like two pounds of ground meat, chicken, lettuce. She had everything. She had infant Tylenol. She had toilet paper, like everything. She had some Windex, you know, like <laughs> whatever, some Pepto-Bismol, whatever maybe someone in my condition I would need. need, she had in those bags. And she went into my kitchen without talking and she put everything away and she, you know, wrapped the bags up and everything. And she came out and she said, so you're pretty bad. And I said, yeah, I'm pretty bad. And she said, well, okay. Uh, I, I brought you some stuff and it's all in the kitchen. And then she looked at me in the eye and she said, it'll pass. You'll be okay. She left. 
And I, I never have forgotten those two things. I mean, when I tell my life story, not when I talk about her, but when I tell my life story, I think about those two moments because they changed so much of a trajectory for me. I mean, anyway, Nancy Alexander Brom was such a faithful friend to me, and she equipped me to do things in the church that I never would have expected that I could have done. And she cared for me in my personal life at the same time. And Nancy passed away yesterday. And in thinking about her, all I can do is say thank you because she looked outside of herself and she saw me not as a parent would, not as a friend would, but she saw me as like a mentor would. And she was generous and she was fun and she was um, ready to give advice, but not like overbearing. And because I wasn't her kid, you know what I mean? Like she could say a lot of things to me and I could hear them because she wasn't my parent. Um, all I can say when I heard that she passed away was I can't believe how fortunate I was to know her and how blessed I was to have been in her orbit um, and how, like, how I don't feel up to taking on that mantle that she left, you know, like, are we the kind of people that look at a young person and invest in them like that? Or are we the kind of person that notices when someone is struggling that much and show up with groceries? Like, are we that kind of people? Am I that kind of person? And I just feel like I'm, I'm not that kind of person. I'm not the way Nancy Alexander Brom was. And if I can learn anything from that, all that time we spent together and we laughed so hard and we had such a good time and I love her husband, Steve, so much and her kids. Um, but when I think about her, I just pray that I might be a fraction of that, that any of us listening to the story would be a fraction of that for somebody else who needs us and be able to step in and make what could be a lifetime's difference um, for somebody who needs it. So Nancy Alexander Brom, I love you and I miss you. This is Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. It's 101.5 Word FM, Word FM. This message is for anyone looking for $500,000 to $1 million or more of affordable term life insurance. Even if you have diabetes, high blood pressure, or are taking anxiety meds. Here's an example. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe overweight with type 2 diabetes, $1 million of term life insurance may only cost about $200 a month. We're term provider, experts in finding affordable term life insurance for those that may not be in perfect health. If you've had prostate cancer, heart conditions, high cholesterol, or are on prescription medications, you may still qualify for a half million to a million dollars or more of affordable term life insurance. Get a quick quote right now by visiting termprovider.com. That's termprovider.com or simply call Term Provider at 800-333-1750. If you're looking for term life insurance but have type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, 
or have other health issues, call Term Provider at 800-333-1750. That's 800-333-1750. Cornerstone Television Network has been sharing the gospel through Christ-centered TV for over 43 years. In 2023, our mission remains the same, but we can't wait to share with you how we're shifting to reach the next generation. Watch Visions of Hope with Keenan Bridges, Coy Barker, Eric Butler, Robert Jeffress, and Candace Smithyman. Tune in January 23rd through 27th, 8 p.m. on Cornerstone Television. That's Verizon Fios Channel 505 or Channel 805 on Comcast Xfinity. I didn't think it was possible to meet someone like Susan. We just clicked after realizing we each have a strong sense of self and share the same core values in life. After taking our advanced personality test, Daniel and Susan matched on Silver Singles, the secure dating site for 50-plus singles who know what they want. Sign up today at silversingles.com slash meet. That's silversingles.com slash meet. Paid actors representing true customer testimonials. Names have been changed. A new year has begun, and the teachers, parents, staff, and students at Eden Christian Academy are excited for what lies ahead. Because every day at Eden is a day for new beginnings, filled with new opportunities, new possibilities to explore and learn new things about God, ourselves, and our world. May your new year be filled with the hope and promise of new possibilities in God who makes all things new. A message from your friends at Eden Christian Academy at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Bachman's Roofing and Solar is your local award-winning roofer. Stop waiting. It's time to inspect your roof and protect your home's number one asset. With no interest and no payment financing for 12 months, Bachman's Roofing is your easy choice for roofing, gutters, and solar. Did you know Bachman's Roofing is one of the number one GAF solar integrated roofing installers in the USA? Go with Bachman's. Go with solar and install the roof that pays for itself. Call 412-744-8390 or visit bachmansroofing.com. living in our house, uh, this house, uh, for 20 years. And in the basement of our house, when we bought the house, uh, was a stand-up freezer that was, uh, from the markings inside the freezer, it's a J.C. Penny model. And this is clearly an appliance from 1970s. I mean, it's just big, it's unwieldy, it's a beast. And it's still working. And I still use it. I love this thing. It's a beast. I know I know it's a, an, an energy waster because, of course, you know, appliances and uh, green energy and all, all that uh, have revolutionized energy usage in, in appliances. Um, there's an article uh, from the Climate Coach in the uh, Washington Post, a guy named Michael Morin, and he, he's under the impression, of course, he says this, um, the Climate Coach. I don't know how you, how do you get that title. But he says, he what? Did he give that to himself? I think probably the newspaper gave it to okay. him. Right? That he says that we still use appliances like it's 1970, and there's a better way. Okay. Now, uh, a few guidelines. Um, he says, first, ditch old assumptions and ancient appliances. Oh, so you would have to throw oh, away your freezer. I, I know that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just know that, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an energy sucker. Okay. But I also know, I mean... It's 50 plus years old. And it's better quality than anything you're going to buy now. I know that. I mean, in the 20 years we've had this house, I've had three dishwashers and two stoves and two refrigerators. And that that freezer is still going strong. Oh, yeah. 
That thing will go until the end times. It will. I just know it will. That freezer and cockroaches will be probably in evidence after the apocalypse. And it's a weird thing. And this is just, you know, I have an affection for that thing now. Uh, well, yeah, now it's been so faithful to you. Yeah. You don't I mean, want to leave it. Kind of like, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't literally pull the plug <laughs> on the freezer. Right. right? So anyway, uh, the uh, climate coach says, yeah, get rid of your old appliances. He said, we often think that noisier large appliances are the most wasteful. Yet, he says, the good news is often uh, the opposite is often true. On average, the most efficient modern refrigerators use less energy per hour than the old 60-watt incandescent light bulbs. Oh, okay. Instead, focus on the half of your home energy that goes to heating or cooling your living spaces and the other 20% that runs appliances that pump and heat water, such as dishwashers, water heaters, that, and then focus on the rest. Now, this is interesting because I always do this. He said one of the things that uh, is the most controversial that d- divides families is rinsing your dishes before you put them in the dishwasher. I do that. Mm-hmm. They say that you should not rinse, pre-rinse your dishes. Right. Right. It's time to forget what your parents taught you because the modern appliances are so efficient and so good at cleaning, you're wasting water. By doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Three. Okay. Can I break in? Yeah. I read an article similar to this about a month ago. Mm-hmm. No, maybe. No, more than that. It was before Christmas. It was before Thanksgiving. It was right before Thanksgiving. And I thought to myself, okay, I need to break. I, I need to test this out. So I stopped rinsing. Mm. I've stopped it. I wipe instead. Like if there's something, you yeah, wipe yeah, it yeah, off yeah. with a sponge. Sure, sure. Wipe. It works. John, it works. It. it works. It really does work. Okay, go ahead. But there's a lot of just... I can't... I'm telling you, you're, if you do it, you're going to be shocked. What about all that sludge? Wipe it. Okay. <laughs> I, all I'm telling you is what I've discovered. Okay. So the climate coach also says, and I do this, set your refrigerator thermostat... And then leave it alone. Right? I mean, my setting on my on my refrigerator is a four. Okay. I don't... Do people usually move that up and down? Well, they say that, you know, people get anxious about it. Like you're throwing a party and, you know, the uh, it's, oh, it's going to be op- oh. totally full. I never I never change it. Okay, good. I don't change yeah, it either. Okay. It's like, you know, that's not, not part of me. Right. Um, I disagree with this tremendously. The climate coach says, get yourself a smart thermostat. Oh, I'm that's not, one of those ones where you can control. Like a like, nest. Like your heat from. I'm not doing that. I don't want to do that. Because someone could hack in and well, what turn your heat off. What if the power goes right? out? I'm dependent upon the, you know, the f- smart thermostat. Yeah. Look, like, what, if, what if you don't have Wi-Fi? Yeah. And you're right. It does get hacked. It, can't, it could get hacked. What? So I have to work. Like I'm, at, I'm here at work and I'm going to, oh, I'll set my thermostat now to 66. No, I'm not doing that. Right, I'm not. No, smart. I'm not doing that. He also says, "Stop washing your clothes in hot water." Well, I'm not doing oh, that either. Are okay. you washing clothes in hot water? No, uh, no, I don't. I mean, it's like boiling. Right, it's like some you know a, a stick in a witch's pot. But he said you should wash everything in cold water. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Washing machines once filled a tub with hot soapy water, dragging your clothes around for an hour or so, and then they drained. Today's front-loading machines reverse this dynamic. They use a small pool of water to rinse your clothes and consistently check the water clarity to get the job done using the right amount of heat and water. Since 1990, this method has cut energy and water use by more than half. Wow. Still, we operate our machines like the tubs of yore. The main char- change to make is to wash on cold. 
with few exceptions, modern laundry detergents work just as well at cold temperatures, even when not marked as cold water formulations. Most washing machines have built-in sensors that ensure clothes get just as clean without extra water or heat. Well, that, that would well, save your money. Sometimes I would use warm water. I like warm water. I wa- <laughs> He's saying you shouldn't like warm water. <laughs> he also says get a Nest thermostat. Right. You're not doing that. Right. I mean, if something's really dirty and it's white, you got to use warm water, don't you think? Uh, yeah, I think so. Plus, but I do what, use cold most of the time. What about and like, what? What about and I use a tiny little bit of laundry detergent. I use a little, you know. Don't you use a pod? No, I use a pod. Oh. I got this it's new. I got this new environmentally friendly oh, one. It's, right, like, it's a little like piece of paper. Oh no! And you I like s- fold oh. it up and you put it in there. Does that really work? Yeah. It does. Piece of paper? Uh-huh. What's it called? Earth Breeze. <laughs> what a ridiculous name. I'm all about it. Earth Breeze. How much does that cost? Like 50 bucks. Heaven help us. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.